Hello. Oh, can you hear me? Fantastic. Hello. As Tom said, hello. Um, I am Jenny Joyce, not Jenny Kane. Weirdly, I've been almost a Joyce almost as long as I've been a Kane, so that was quite an impressive. Haven't been called that for a long time. So, um, I get the, or Steve gets the short to straw because I get to talk about Jesus and he gets to talk about fire. So, uh, if you don't know me, yeah, I'm Jenny, and um, I've got four young children, and that comes into play in just a second. So Christmas is exciting. I'm looking forward to Christmas. But if I'm really honest, what, there are some interesting words that come to mind when I think about Christmas. So I thought I'd ask you, what, if you're honest, comes to mind this time of year, especially if you've got kids at school, what comes to mind at Christmas? What words would you use to describe this current state of Tom? Home alone. That's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Christmas. Home alone too. <laughs> Anything else? Tedious. Tedious? Yeah, I think that's fair. Home alone the nativity. Okay. Yeah, that is also a very... Im- oh, you're... I'm, I'm going for stress. I'm going for tired. I'm going for too many things happening. Anyone else relate to that? Clearly just me, I'm doing all the admin. Right, anyone else that's slightly overwhelmed and stressed by the amount of things that are happening this week? Good, thank you. Owen's like, yes. So we've got two kids in preschool, we've got two kids in primary school, so we've got like double the Christmas admin this year. This month we have got costumes, we've got Christmas jumper days, which are different to Christmas dress-down days, different prizes. We've got raffles, we've got mufti, um, yeah, mufti days, on, which are different to dress-down days. We've got school fairs, Christmas assemblies, which are different to the Christmas nativity. We've been invited to breakfast with Santa, wreath-making with the PTA, we've got to buy Christmas jumpers, we've got Christmas dinner day, we've got money for the money tree, which is where you have to put money in an envelope, then you have to give it to the school, they put it on a tree, you go to the fair, you pay money to get your money back, you open it, you re- and then there's an expectation, you spend that money at the fair and you give the money back again. So that is, we've got that twice at the moment because we're at two different schools. And yet, at Christmas, we sing about peace, don't we? Peace, what? When we sung it um, this morning, we sung about peace. So actually, we sing it, don't we? Heart the Herald Angels sing. We sing peace on earth and mercy mild. Actually, what did Charles Wesley mean? Because I don't think it was like... He obviously didn't have his wife nagging him at 6 o'clock in the morning saying, go to Tesco, I forgot the Brussels sprouts. Like, what did he mean? So what is peace on earth is my question this morning. Actually, many people say that peace on earth is their wish, isn't it? If you ask people, what do you wish for the world? They wish for peace on earth. They wish for war to end, for physical war and for physical peace on our earth. And they wish for peace in their own hearts, peace in our families, especially at Christmas time. It's a peace that we all want. And actually, I think we can all agree that we, as humans, do not have the answer in fact, this world, uh, you know, this year, we've just seen humans just making more and more mess of this. So I want to show you today that peace on earth is possible, and furthermore, it's something we already have, which can sometimes feel a bit juxtaposed to what we actually see around us. Actually, we know, as Rob said, a vertical peace between God and between us, and we also know a horizontal peace between one another, between our communities, between us as individuals, our families, and our society. And we also know peace in our own hearts as well. So I'm just going to bring two simple points this morning. Firstly, that Jesus brings or brought peace on earth, and secondly, that we bring peace on earth by living it and seeking it. 
And today in our society, we are increasingly told to look after our mental health, aren't we? We're, you know, and don't get me wrong, that's really important, but we're told to you know, eat healthily, um, exercise, sleep well. We're told to practice things like mindfulness and all these kinds of stuff which can help improve your peace and your inner well-being. And actually, you know, those things are good things and none of those are wrong. But with most thing, good things in this world, when it lacks Jesus, it doesn't ever bring more than a temporary solution. It doesn't ever do anything more than kind of mask the bigger problem in our hearts, in our lives, and in our societies. Actually, the experience of peace without Jesus always leaves us feeling lacking and empty. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. God cannot give a happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. But this, I would argue, is godly peace. We're going to read from Luke 2, verses 8 to 15. And this is my first point, that Jesus brings peace on earth. It will appear behind me as well. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So actually, peace on earth is true for us because Jesus came. Isaiah verse 9 tells us that Jesus is, or sorry, Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, which Sai will unpack later, next week. But actually, Jesus came as the peace of salvation. He brought the peace of a restored relationship to him. Um, he calls us to enter relationships so we can know peace. It dwells in our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us. Colossians 1.20 tells us that through Jesus, all things are reconciled to him, that we're restored to a right relationship and that he made peace through his blood, which was shed on the cross. So the result of Jesus' birth is peace on earth and the peace that came down when Jesus was born. And it's God showing mercy and grace to us. Jesus doesn't come to reign over us. He doesn't come in, in tyranny, as um, a kind of reign over us in war or in tyranny. He came frailly. He was a baby. He was completely dependent on the people that he created to keep him alive. He came knowing that he would battle sin and ultimately death on our behalf, that he would be broken physically, broken for us, so that we could freely live in the, in the peace of his victory. So as believers, we know that peace now, but we wrestle with the fact that actually this world is not at peace, and actually our world today is not at peace, and it's far from that, and it's devastating when we turn the news on. Actually, we're in a world that is not fully restored, that lacks and struggles, but actually Jesus is aware. He talks about these troubles and these tensions that we will face, but he brings peace by the power of his Holy Spirit to teach us how to rest in God's presence. And John 14 
um, verse 26 and 27, has this beautiful picture of the Trinity at work in our lives, how we can have that strength. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. That's just such an amazing truth here at the moment, isn't it? Actually, that we don't have to put up with, you know, this rubbish that's in the world because actually the peace that Jesus gives us is not the same peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And when Rob spoke last week, he talked about that shalom, um, that Hebrew word for peace, and how it's so much more than the peace we understand. It's that sense of wholeness, of completeness, of inner and outer joy, of complete well-being. Isaiah 32 tells us this. The Lord's justice will dwell in the desert. His righteousness will live in the fertile field. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effects will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will dwell in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. So the Lord's justice reigns, doesn't it? And we see the righteousness. um, We see righteousness now through Jesus because he freely, he, he won it and he freely gives it to us. So we know as believers that we are righteous before God. So actually, the fruit, the Bible tells us in here, is that the, righteous, the fruit of righteousness is peace. So actually, if we're righteous, which we are because of Jesus, we will know peace, and we do have peace. So that's a, a truth in our lives today. Actually, uh, not by ourselves, but because of Jesus. And it's beautiful. Some of this we live now. Some of it we, we will have for eternity. But we will be people living in peaceful dwelling places, in quietness and confidence forever, in undisturbed places of rest. That's our eternal hope. And it's just such a beautiful contrast to the world that we currently wrestle and grapple with. We don't earn it, but it's a free grace gift from God. And one day we will stand forever before Jesus, the ultimate prince of peace. And we will live a life where this is our reality each and every day. And because Jesus has fought this battle, we live in a state where there's no war and permanent peace. And actually what we should be doing as believers is not looking at the world around us and not looking at the war and the um, discord and the the pains and the tensions that we see in the world and dictate our inner peace. But we need to be people who are focusing on the truth of God's word, on the Holy Spirit's whisperings into our hearts and recognizing that peace and letting that dictate the world around us. So that's my first point. Um, My second point, if Jesus then brings peace on earth, we need to be people that also bring peace on earth. Matthew 5, verse 9, really famous verses in the Beatitudes, says, Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. So we are called as believers to be peacemakers. And we've already said, actually, that we're not the answer, aren't we? Humans, we are not doing a very good job of it, I don't think. I think we'd probably all agree. But actually, through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're indeed called to bring peace into societies and other people's lives. And that's not by trying harder or doing our best or trying to please God and make him happy. It's just by allowing the grace of God to work in our lives, to change us to be more like Jesus, who's the ultimate prince of peace. Now, in order to figure this out a little bit uh, or make it a bit more visual for you. I've decided since the kids go out, 
I'm going to ask Rob to bring my displays out, actually. We don't do enough object lessons or illustrations, so we're going to do some today. Um, Rob is going to be my glamorous assistant this week and bring some boards over. I'm going to need two volunteers, and you don't have to be willing. So if no one puts their hands up, I will choose you anyway. Ah, Chelsea, very good. Thank you so much. I'm going to need one more. Who wants to take Chelsea on? Come on. She, I reckon you're quite, are you quite competitive, Chelsea? Very good. Thank you, Emma. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> All right. You can have, it's fairly simple. So you can, uh, Chelsea, you can have this one. She says, do be careful with the blue tack. I don't want you to knock the boards over. So one each. It's fine, it's fine. It is puzzles. Is that bad, Chelsea? Oh, you'll be fine. So, it's fine, it's fine. It's Christmas. I... Owen wants me to go this way too. He's like waving at me like some crazy person. Right. This is a tang mirror. We're going to, yep. I'm going to stand in the middle. I'm quite tall. You can still see me. Not, no, no, Anna, it needs to go here for the live stream, apparently. Sorry. <laughs> there we are. Lovely. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Everyone's ready. Very good. I didn't realize it would be, cause this much chaos. Okay, so I would like you to make me, um, these are tangrams, you use them to make different shapes. Tangrams, so you have to use these shapes to make me a nice, a festive Christmas tree on your marks, get set, go. Chelsea, actually, I just wonder if, if I could give you that, Chelsea. That would be great. I'm gonna come down and watch you. No peeking. Oh, oh, I'm, yeah, this is good. This is looking fun. Right. Oh, Emma. Oh, you're very creative, Emma. I should have picked someone that would not do such a good job. I forgot. Right. There we go. Yes, yeah, stop. Fantastic. Woohoo! I mean, Chelsea just won, but actually, Emma, you were a strong contender. Thank you. No, well, the, that's the idea. <laughs> Fantastic, that's fine. Don't need to be works of art, don't worry. Wow, can we give them both a round of applause and send them back to their chairs? <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to come down here now, actually. I didn't think it's through. So, actually, when we try to be peacemakers... Am I still on shot? Is that OK? When we try to be peacemakers on our own, we often, if Emma had done it terribly, like I'd hoped, be, we're, <laughs> we'll end up being people that just get things a bit muddled. We're not very effective. But actually, when we use the tools that God has given us, we can be effective peacemakers for him. So when we, God doesn't ever tell us to avoid conflict. He doesn't tell us peacemaking isn't peacekeeping. He doesn't tell us to settle for an easy life. He doesn't tell us to just avoid conflict and keep the peace and just be quiet. Actually, Jesus confronted people. Jesus fought against injustice, and we're to be people that model that in the same way that he does. But actually, we use the tools and the instructions that God has given us through his word and through relationship. So first and foremost, when we're peacemakers, we are people that allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. And actually, we are people that will always bring the truth of God into situations for bringing reconciliation. We'll be people that do it, um, yeah, to seek reconciliation. We we'll don't do it by um, kind of pushing our own agendas or anything like that. But God's heart is that we are people that 
Always treat people with patience. We always treat people with gentleness and with humility. And that's how we bring peace into our society. That's how we bring peace into our relationships. Because actually, as I said, we're not called to avoid conflict. Sometimes we have to have those difficult conversations with our community when justice needs to be brought and we want to seek for change and God's, life and God's rule to be in our, our society and our world but actually also with one another sometimes. So we've got two ways of doing that. Firstly, by um, seeking, and secondly, by living. So we are called actively to seek peace. I did a study um, on peace in the New Testament, and that was the biggest thing that struck me. Actually, we are, we, it's a really act, when they talk about peace, it's a really active um, words around it. It's something we're to seek, not something we're just to assume and live in the good of, but to actively seek this peace that we've been given and to be deliberate about cultivating it. So I'm going to, because it's Christmas, I thought I'll also, we don't throw chocolate at people enough either, as much as we used to in COVID. So I'm going to throw some chocolate at people. Most of size excited. It's a catastrophe site. I, I would like you. Um, I'm going to call out, I'll read out some well-known Bible verses about peace, or I'm going to allude to them if they're really common. And if you can name the Bible verse, you get the chocolate. It's that simple. So we're going to look at what, active, what an active word peace is here. We are asked to turn away from evil and to do, God, do good, to seek peace and pursue it. That's not a very easy one. Does anyone know where it is? It is the New Testament. Can you, Phil, you are cheating. No chocolate for Phil. No, that's fine. This is a harder one. Okay, so we are to turn away from evil. It's 1 Peter 3. I get the chocolate. Shame. 1 Peter 3, verse 11. We are to turn away from evil and turn to good. We are to seek peace and pursue it. Now, I have seen enough action movies, because Chris loves them and makes me watch them, to know that when you pursue someone, it's hard work. When Liam Neeson goes after someone in a film, he gives everything. So that is how we are to go after peace. We pursue it. Right, I'm not going to read this one out directly, because I think you'll get it. How do I word it? So we are to, when we are concerned, we are to um, present things to God. We're always to come to God in prayer, knowing that actually the, tr- the peace of God will... Um... Yay, Ken! Do you want some buttons? Yeah. Don't hit Nigel. Oh, wait! <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So, actually, when we have anxieties, we are to present them to God. We are actively giving every worry over to God. We are giving every request over to God. With thanksgiving, we are giving thanks to God repeatedly. And it says that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guide, guide, guard our hearts and our minds. Actually, there's an openness there as well to God, isn't there? This is a nice, easy one. I'm going to find a heavier chocolate. I don't want it to be too heavy. Right. We are to put on or put on which which verse? Put on or ready our feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Ephesians six fifteen, Tom. Come on. <laughs> I just hit an elder in the face with the chocolate bar. I'm so sorry. That is the off. Basically, whatever you take away from this preach, don't hit an elder in the face with a chocolate bar. That is not the peace that brings Jesus springs. So we pursue it, and then secondly, we live it. I've got three more verses. We live it. So we have a responsibility to live that out, this peace out. 
Right, so we have to make every effort, it's not as big, I'm afraid, every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Not James. Who? Phil, stop cheating. That's fine. It's fine. These are harder than I thought. He... No, Hebrews. Hebrews 12. Make every effort. Every effort means it's hard work. We have to invest and make every effort to do that. It's not an instant thing. It will take constant hard work and effort, constant seeking God, checking our own hearts. So if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Who said that? Ah, oh, Angela, I can't throw a double-decker at you. I'm going to run, and you're far too nice to throw things at. Although Tom did call me, he did call me lovely, didn't he, twice? There we go. So yes, as far as it depends on us. Actually, Jesus, um, it's not Jesus, is it? Paul, Paul is realistic, as far as it's as possible. Sometimes, in this broken world, we can do everything in our power that we can to restore relationship and actually still there is brokenness there is not reconciliation and actually that's really painful and I think that God is speaking to a couple of people about um, bringing healing from that pain this morning and I'll touch on that later but actually we are as far as it's possible we are to seek peace we that means that actually sometimes we have to we have to work and recognize our own frailties and weaknesses and situations as well Actually, why did that action make me feel so angry? Is my heart right as well because I'm really frustrated with what's happened? Or is there something else going on that makes me um, feel like this? Actually, God's heart is for us always to live in restored relationships and loving relationships. So even in disagreement, we should always be at peace within ourselves and one another where we can. Actually, sometimes people are just plonkers, aren't they? We have an issue and someone's just a plonker, and actually that's very true in my life. But what can I do in this situation? How do I bring the peace of Jesus? Do I need to fully forgive that person? Or do I actually need to discuss that with them and seek reconciliation? This is the last one. I've ended up with extra chocolates, haven't I? It's fine. Right. The last one. We are to let the peace of Christ rule Yes, what, what verse? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Yeah, Rachel. Can I have two? I'm so impressed. Can I throw them at you? Oh, I thought you were going to catch them both. I need a glass of water. I got too excited. Yeah, so let's read that in full. It's just a brilliant verse. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful There's so much in that verse. There's an openness to God. We are to be open to him, to allow him to change our hearts. We have to keep our hearts open and soft before God. And we have to be thankful. Actually, if we live in an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude to God for his peace, for the fact that he has restored peace between us and him, and that we enjoy that forever, and we give thanks to God for that, actually it allows our rest of our relationships to be shaped in the same way. We keep going on being changed by the Holy Spirit and we allow his peace in our hearts and that's what rules. And as we seek to love and serve him, we seek to bring the peace and the rule of Jesus through our, uh, for our lives, to our actions, to a world that is at war with God, to a world that's at war with one another and to a world that can only be healed by Jesus' peace here on earth today. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, if they could make their way up, just to respond. Oh, yes, Sai, would you be able to move those? 
Thank you. Just to respond in your own hearts this morning. J. John says this. Christmas celebrates the birth of a man whose life and teaching shows us how we can bring peace to a fractured world. So as believers today, it's our privilege, isn't it, to know the, the truth and the peace that Jesus brings in our hearts and to know that privilege and that truth for us on earth today. But actually, it's our responsibility to then reveal that to a world around us who are, are broken, who are at war, and who don't know the peace on earth that we do. And what does that look like in your hearts? I'd really love it if you could stand and we'll pray. What does that look like for you today? Is God calling you to just really share the truth of the gospel or speak about the peace of Jesus to someone specific? Actually, if you know someone that doesn't love Jesus, then the answer is yes to that anyway. But there might be someone really specific that Jesus is asking you to talk to about him. Actually, there might be somewhere where you know, actually, you really need to forgive that person because um, you're harboring that and actually you're not at peace and at rest. There might be something where actually you just need to check your own heart in a situation. Actually, you're just not sure that your conscience is completely clear and you just need to just apologize to God in your heart and just to check your own heart in that situation. And as I said, I think there are, I think God said there are two people here who are really struggling with the fact that they have done everything they can to bring peace and to bring reconciliation into a specific relationship. And you've, you've kind of sought reconciliation and that hasn't happened. The other party doesn't want that. And I'm really thankful that Rob brought that um, illustration of him and his neighbours and what painful situation that was last week because actually I felt even before that God was talking to a couple of people specifically. Um, and God just wants to bring real healing from that pain that you're experiencing where you know that you've done all you can and the relationship is still fragmented and that is really painful for you. So I'd just love to pray for you as well that God will bring reconciliation. So I'm going to pray, and then Rob's going to lead us. Jesus, I thank you so much that you are our peace on earth. I thank you that actually, despite the Christmas chaos, we celebrate the fact that you came in frailty as a baby to be God with us, that we know you, we know the peace of Christ that rules in our hearts and dwells in our hearts. God, we want you to be the peace that dictates the world around us. We want you to be our peace and our anchor. We don't want to look at the world and be fearful of what is going on because we know that actually you are far greater. God, we pray that we would be a people that will speak boldly about your peace. We speak boldly to people about the truth of your peace in our own hearts and the truth of what you're doing for this world, that you one day will bring... Um, that every knee will bow before you, God. We thank you for your justice. We thank you for your righteousness and the fact that we worship a perfect and holy God. God, where our hearts are not right, would you just be speaking to us this morning? We want to be people that are fully, fully committed just to seeing your peace and just to um, living lives that honour you, God. We just pray that, yeah, we would just continue um, to be seeking your peace here on earth this morning. Amen.